Welcome back to Tapping Into Crypto. We're here to bring you your fortnightly market update. I'm Pat. I'm Tommy. And we're absolutely chomping at the bit to give everyone a bit of an update on where we're sitting at at the moment in the markets. So without further ado, we're going to look at just our personal take on the markets at the moment, what we're seeing, and I guess our personal thoughts on where things are kind of sitting at the moment. A lot of people in fear at the moment, Pav. That's it. Yeah. It's a time to run for the hills or buy the dip. I think that seems to be... Accumulation. Yeah. Uh, some other topics we'll touch on. Uh, we'll look at some on-chain metrics and see what they're saying about what Bitcoin's doing at the moment. And Tommy, you know, you're quite well versed in this. So the micro strategies, everyone keeps hearing the name, but doesn't quite really know what it means. So I thought we'd be a really good topic. We jump into that a bit further and do a bit of a deep dive just to give everyone an update. So we'll touch on that too. And lastly, just to touch on a few other, I guess, just notable news pieces from the last fortnight as well, sort of playing into what we're seeing at the moment as well. So we'll jump into that. Yeah, it's um, getting straight into it. <laughs> We've seen a decent correction in the market. Have you like to word it up as something different? <laughs> can, you, can you tell the listeners what that is? No, we're just in a you know short-term downtrend. Yeah. Or hopefully short-term. Yeah. I mean, um, it's very easy to come on these like podcasts and talk about things when everything is great, everything is yeah. going up. These are, the, these are the ones you probably need to tune into a bit bit closer. You know, we've obviously been in the crypto space for, for quite a while, seeing this happen on, on multiple occasions. Um, you know, at the end of the day, nothing fundamentally has changed. No, nah, absolutely right? not. No. So this is, a, this is a big thing to remember. Um, people with a very short-term mindset mm. are, are going to be very, very worried right now. We've seen the Fear and Greed Index take a decent hit. That's kind of a metric online that, that we like to follow. Yep. Um, you know, it goes from one to a hundred, uh, hundred being the most greedy, which is kind of a, a bit of a, a signal generally to, to sell. And then the lower, the lower it is on that indicator is, is kind of a buy signal. So we've seen that go from like 75 or six down to a low of like 16, 16 a few days ago, which yeah. really amazes me because it's kind of like, nothing fundamentally has changed. Yes. Mm. We've seen a bit of a correction, bit of a downtrend at the moment, but there's been some kind of macro news that has come out. We've had this new COVID variant. Um, you know, there's yeah. been kind of, I guess, a lot of information, a lot of news stories disconnected with, with crypto. Yep. Um, at the end of the day, when global markets get hit, crypto is definitely a risk on asset. Yep. It's one of the ones that gets kind of, it definitely gets hit first. Yeah. Um, or at least alongside any, you know, investments in stocks. So, I mean, that's definitely what we've seen of late. A lot of fear in the markets. That's it. I, I'm not too sure any people sort of do follow the traditional markets as well, but, you know, S&P having some massive sell-offs as well uh, just recently. I think even today, uh, being the 14th, had the most, I think, decline it's seen in a, a little while. Um, and like you mentioned, there's just all the FUD in the world. You know, I've got the, the variants. Uh, you've got the US Fed coming out with yep. some news about inflation being the worst that it's been in 39 years. Mm. Now, I've seen that the, the stack came out yesterday. It was it was around 7% for inflation, which is, yeah. I always question these. Yeah. Like, so 7% underreported. is the reported yeah. for what's the actual, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah. I was listening to a podcast, I think it was uh, Anthony Pompliano, the Pomp podcast. Yeah. They were talking about what the real rate of inflation was. And yeah. if they're reporting seven, that the real rate is probably more like, yeah. you know, close to double that, which yeah. is, you know, frightening. And, you know, we've talked on it before about the amount of US dollars printed, you know, since COVID and, and it's, um, yeah. it's, uh, it's alarming. Um, mm. but people are, people are definitely waking up to that. And, um, I guess it also adds to the fear, you know, that's it. It's across the board. And yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It, it almost seems like 
a twist of fate because everyone expects Q4, stocks, crypto, all across the board, usually lots of volatility generally to the upside. So it's almost like the fact that that's not happening now and it's yep. just got everyone running for the hills. Yeah, we've touched on it as well. Like, you know, I think I joked about it in one of the lad podcasts we did. Yep. It was like people expect, oh, you get into Q4 and the crypto market is it's finished and it's over. So that Yeah, like, yeah. But that sentiment sticks with people as well. So they're like, yep. oh, maybe, maybe that is it. Maybe this is the top, right? Yep. But um, you know, it's all about zooming out, you know. Yep. Um December 2020, Bitcoin was was 20 grand, right? Mm. So Yes, if you've come into the market in the last six months and you've bought in Bitcoin at the top, buying into anything at the top, you're always taking on that risk regardless of what the asset is. Not mm. Bitcoin, Ethereum, whatever it is, Tesla, Microsoft shares. It's the same thing. You buy anything at the top, you always run the risk of essentially there's opportunity for a pullback. Um, you know, and that's and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it, like I said, the macro events have come true, but the overall picture on Bitcoin hasn't changed. No. We're still super bullish on it. We've seen... Um, the Bitcoin hash rate this week has hit an all-time high. For for people that don't understand what that means, mm-hmm. um, the hash rate is essentially the level of mining that's and hash that's being created in the network. So there was a story out, some more FUD <laughs> about about um, Bitcoin that came out earlier in the year that caused a little bit of a correction as well. Was um, you know uh, China banning Bitcoin is this big headline that we see every now and then. Yeah. Um, but essentially, what that meant for the network was some of the miners, some of the people that were um, securing the network in China, just essentially stopped overnight. Mm. So you know it was reported about fifty to sixty percent of all the hash rate or the you know the bitcoin network was secure from china mm-hmm. and then that essentially overnight just just like fell off <laughs> yeah you know which which seen a lot of um that mining power move to um i think a lot of it moved to like areas like kazakhstan cheap power and um, texas a lot of it moved there but yeah the, the hash rate going and hitting all time highs again just shows the resilience of the network and it's it's bloody impressive yeah absolutely and um, I think just even going back to your previous point later about we're still bullish on the market. I mean, you know, if, if you even just sort of have a look at the market and the way it's sort of presenting at the moment, like we're still putting in higher lows, still putting in higher highs, like the structure still fundamentally is still sound for overall. Looking back from July, still in that sort of locked in up uptrend, really. It just It's just, I guess, the recency bias kicks in and the fear is right now, it's, it's just hard to sort of keep that in mind. But yeah, it's the crypto investors... It's something that we are trying to educate on and something that we're trying to get people to focus a bit more long term. But every time we see a pullback, it's like the same thing. It's like people are, you know, you see the same questions across socials. Is it over? Was that the top? Is the market finished? Um, You know, you get the same thing every time. So the YouTube personalities lately, they're not doing it much justice either. I don't know if you follow any, like they're just all saying it's over as well. I I follow very little. YouTubers, yeah. to be honest, I, I don't normally either, but they've just been popping up in my feeds lately. Yeah, and I just, just I'm just interested when I click it just to see it, and it's just adding to the fud. It's yeah. almost crazy. They change, yeah. they, they change their yeah. views. We get the views based right. on clicks, yeah. right? Yeah, so, that's true. I mean, it's yeah. you know, you kind of have to you take a lot of it with a grain of salt. Yeah, like listen, some YouTubers are really good, and some Agreed. of them I do Agreed. follow some of them, but yeah, in times like now, it's a b- bit more about all right, where can I? You just it's about keeping a bit of a level head on it. Mm. Um, I mean. Bitcoin Ethereum positions for myself personally, nothing has changed. Yeah. I'm still super bullish. It's a 10 year investment for me. Yeah. Plus, um, you know, n- nothing has changed fundamentally like there. I think a big part of this recent little spike down we've seen as well is the fact that Bitcoin held on exchanges is at, I want to say all time low. I'm not, I can't verify that, but it's close to yeah. very, very low levels, right? 
Um, yeah, I mean, that's the, I guess, the advent of where we are, you know, <clears throat> this point in time, like we actually can see what's happening, what we call on-chain. So, you know, it's one thing to see candlesticks on a chart. You can actually deep dive in and see the way that Bitcoin is moving between exchanges and wallets now. So as Tommy mentioned, it's, you know, when we saw that massive dive in May, we saw a massive influx in crypto, Bitcoin, sorry, specifically yep. um, for that metric flooding onto exchanges. So essentially people moving it taking back profit. onto taking profit, taking yep. losses, whatever they're doing, they're at max pain or either happy to get out really, right? Yeah. Uh, but even now with the subsequent dips that we've had, you know, none of them are really showing a net positive flow. They're still mainly negative. So what that means is there's still more flowing off exchanges and so more being purchased and you know, moved into personal custody than there is being, yeah, sold out, it looks like still. So that's pretty bullish. And the whales are buying every dip. <laughs> Simple. <Yeah. laughs> um, you know, Bitcoin wicked down to 42k or something like that last week, um, which was mad. I had an order filled for 43k, which I was very, very happy about. Mm, nice, <laughs> nice. Um, which was cool. And I think it's sprung back up to like nearly 50 again. I think today we're recording, it's about 47, yeah, something that. like that. 47, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the institutional buyers, the, the whales, as we call them in crypto, like they are continuing to buy. They're continuing to take their crypto off exchange. I mean, put two and two together, you can just tell these guys yeah. are in it for the long haul. Yeah. They're going to hold it long term. I, I read a stat somewhere that it's close to like 50% of all the Bitcoin that is mined is essentially held by whales right. and, and institutional investors, yeah. businesses yeah. that are have it locked up. Um, the custody solutions like BitGo, Fireblocks, Copper, these guys are holding like all of the Bitcoins, yeah, um, yeah. but it's locked up long term. It's in cold storage and that kind of, I guess, insight into it just tells you, you know, like yeah. the guys with the most to lose and gain are not selling Bitcoin mm. on a 10% drop or, you know, a 15% drop or even a 50%, a 20% pump, right? Like yeah. they're just not, um, they're in it for the long term, which is, you know, I think that's the message that we always try to get out. It's, you know, long-term view on anything. Um, the problem with it is a lot of people are obviously overextended, I would imagine, in yeah. all coins. We always see it, right? When uh, me, me, I'm number <laughs> culprit number one, just holding <laughs> yeah. my down 40% bags. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's a learning curve for all of us. <laughs> well, yeah. every, I'll never every learn a lesson. <laughs> You'll get there. I'll, I'll get, get there, there, mate. I'll, I'll get, get there. there. It's, um, yeah, but I guess just to remember, you know, if you are kind of new to the market as well, mm. Bitcoin moves the market. Yep. What moves Bitcoin? Global news, macro news, yes. moves Bitcoin as well. Mm -hmm. Stocks go down, generally tends to trend down. We like to talk about Bitcoin as a hedge against inflation, which yes, it is in many occasions. Mm. But at the end of the day, when global markets are on the retrace, yeah. Bitcoin is going to go with it as well. That's it. And if Bitcoin goes, <laughs> the altcoins are going to go, you know, even harder. They fall the, so hard. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. ridiculous. But I think that's exactly right. Like Bitcoin or crypto as a whole, it's just another place where people park their money, right? Yeah. So if people are more, you know, speculating on more downturn, it's going to go back into cash. And I think even like the rally we've seen in the DXY, so the US dollar index, which yeah. is, you know, a basket of the US dollar's performance against other currencies, it's it's been in, you know, what you would consider the opposite trend lately, just um, more of an uptrend. So that's kind of showing that across the board there's been selling, you know, Dow index is down, you know, S&P is down. So just the narrative is there that everything's just currently having a bit of a pullback. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I wanted to touch on, I mean, you intro in the start about yeah. micro strategy. Yeah. For, for people that don't know anything about micro strategy, um, you know, 
Michael Saylor from MicroStrategy is the CEO. They're essentially a software as a service enterprise, um, publicly traded. Essentially, the story is TLDR. MicroStrategy, um, kind of just like a normal listed company, enterprise software firm. Back around COVID, they um, found themselves with a ton of cash on their, on their balance sheet. And their, their CEO is Michael Saylor. He's always been kind of known for being a bit out there. And um, yeah. the man is extremely intelligent and qualified. Passionate too, I would say. Yeah, oh, yeah he's amazing. I, I listen to him. He's like a, he's like a bearded Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're kind of like a bearded Jesus too, Pat. Oh, well, uh, thank you. Office of the yeah, <laughs> thank you. I'll take it. But yeah, but, but like essentially my, my micro strategy back in COVID, they found this, all this cash. They had about 500 mil on the balance sheet. Didn't know what to do with it. Well, Michael Saylor with, with, with extreme conviction decided to put 250 million of that into, into Bitcoin. And that was the first large listed foray of a company into, into cryptocurrency. Mm. Um, you know, Bitcoin would have been trading under 10K back around then, I'd imagine, since, you know, it was around the COVID crash or a little bit after it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that was, that was a big, yeah, big dip. Back yeah, to, yeah, it went from like seven and a half back to like three. And then so that's, back that's, up over 10K. that's what we call a dip. <laughs> that's a dip. That's a nice dip. Yeah. That, that is a solid dip. That's nothing to do with what we're, what's happening right now. No. You know, it's a completely different picture. Yeah. But, the markets as a whole are just completely different yeah. since what's happened back then. Completely you know, different. It's a, it's a different ball game we're playing. But um, yeah, but yeah on, on, like on MicroStrategy, um, essentially what that did, that was obviously an excellent play. In hindsight, everything is an excellent play. But mm. with them, they've gone from, you know, their stock a year previous to that was around 100 bucks. It went over $600 today. And I think it spiked at like nearly 800 bucks from, yeah, well, you, know, you know, seven or eight X in, of a play from their cryptocurrency strategy. They've since gone on to raise funds from shareholders. They've mm. done everything that they could possibly do to get more, to acquire more. Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess this is important because, you know, we talk about the whales, we talk about conviction in the markets and this is just impressive. I just want to highlight for anyone that hasn't had a look, they should definitely look up and we probably put some stuff in the show notes about MicroStrategy as well to yeah. have a read about those guys and just see what the big guys are actually doing. And, and when you have conviction long-term, how, it can play out for you, right? Yeah. Um, won't happen every single time, but no. I mean, this guy is buying more Bitcoin today. He bought more last week. I mean, it, it's really, it's a, it's impressive to see that type of, of conviction in the market yeah. and, and it, it's paying off for them. And, and, and I think MicroStrategy, um, they actually started a bit of an, an avalanche of investing from institution as well. Yeah, that's true. From that play. Cause yeah, all you heard about, I guess, I remember just pulling the memory back to start of this year was about. Tesla and Elon Musk and that sort of commitment. But when you really think about it, I mean, yeah. I think as you were mentioning a bit earlier before we did the podcast, it was really Marcus Saylor yeah. that opened up, you know, someone on like Twitter. Elon. Yeah, on, on Twitter too. He's, he started, yeah, yeah, he started, um, Elon started following, I think, or something like that because mm. Elon was obviously interested in everything tech and, um, you know, challenging worldviews and, yep. um, you know, all this kind of scenario, I guess. Um, but yeah, Sailor was, was tweeting at him about the Bitcoin strategy. And I think he, he said something like, why don't you do your Tesla shareholders a hundred billion dollar favor <laughs> and invest in Bitcoin or something like that? It was pretty cool. But, um, but I mean, Tesla went on to act on that, right? And, yeah, and, and you know, I know they had a bit of, there was more thought about the environmental aspects of Bitcoin. Yeah. I think Elon has since said that, you know, once Bitcoin hits, 50% renewable energy that they were going to you know, go back into it, but yeah. it's all a bit of smoke and mirrors. It's a bit, bit more colorful, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's like just fits into their business um, look, I guess, <laughs> yeah. more than anything else. But um, they hold about 120,000 Bitcoin now, micro strategy. It's a good size. Um, you know, three and a half billion or something worth. 
Um, and I think the average price that they paid was just under 30 grand per Bitcoin. So they're still well, mm. it's been a good micro strategy yeah. for them. Um, <laughs> oh, I might have to edit that one out. That was bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to um, stay in. Yeah. But, um, I mean, that's, that's, that's big for me. And like you mentioned, like the whole conviction side of things, like it's there, like it's obvious. It's not really hidden, but it's not really spoken about too much. Like I know the old name gets dropped, but I think it was a good good thing to just jump through that today and just give everyone a rundown. Yeah, a lot of people ask ask questions and see it online. It's like, what is this thing, you know? But um, speaking of conviction, what about these guys buying up Shiba? Oh, man, what's going on? I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, just, I guess, running through some of the news articles in the last two weeks. There uh, was a 3.2 trillion SHIB purchase uh, by a single participant during, you know, one of the many dips we've had in recent times. So I think at the time, the approximate, you know, aggregate price was about 120 million USD. So what's bringing that on? I don't know. I mean, I tried to do a little bit of digging and really the only thing I could find was that Shiba Inu was added to Flexa which is a cryptocurrency payment company uh, backed by the Winklevoss twins, uh, yes. r- announcing that they would be supporting Shiba as one of the many forms of crypto that they would use to you know, allow to spend. So, I mean, they've got a lot of partnerships around 40,000 uh, stores across the US. So, you know, some big names are games. Gemini, Gemini Exchange, as well as obviously their exchange. It's the Winklevoss. Well, yeah. yeah, Winklevoss. Yeah. Yeah. They're obviously well connected in, in that yeah. whole space. Exactly. So, you don't really do business with them unless um, you're serious, I guess. But... Yeah, I think Lowe's, GameStop, Nordstrom were just a couple of the, the big brands that you could now make Shiba payments at. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, when, when does it end? I don't know. I mean, you, you kind of think, yeah, is so, it over? Isn't it over? Yeah, I mean, we're bullish long term anyway, right? Oh, of so, course, yeah. You know, the, the altcoins will recover. Shiba's probably one of them that took one of the biggest hits as well, I yeah. imagine, in the last, um, you know, a couple of weeks. Yeah. Essentially, people believe in them long term. I guess the, a bet like that, of that size, you're probably betting on, you know, it having a serious spring back on a sentiment change. Mm. And, you know, these kind of assets are the ones that do going to just spike, you know, if Bitcoin pops again back, back up to the, you know, mid 50s, 60k yeah. range, like all the confidence all range. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The confidence range. I think Will Clemente, who's a guy I follow on Twitter oh, yeah. and, and goes on Pump Podcast as well. He said that the 53k barrier for him was kind of the, not yep. to make or break, but kind of that's the key level that he yep. wants to see support for, um, yep. you know, anything under that is kind of always going to range between kind of, mm. I think he said 40K and 50K was kind of the range. And then anything over 53 was what he thought was, um, he's, he's been pretty good as well. I like his yeah, analysis yeah. on it. Nice. He's not a young guy, but he's, um, he's just raw and real, <laughs> which is how, uh, how I kind of like it. So, um, nice. yeah, he's, he's been, he's been really good. I've been following him pretty closely, but, um, what's your take on what's going to happen next? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Like, I mean, everyone's wanting to see, alt- I don't know, here's a bit that I guess a lot of people get confused about as well. Like you're seeing a couple of random altcoins. I think a lot of the file storage assets, they've just gone ballistic in the last three weeks. I wouldn't say it's been too recent, but I think a lot of people get confused. Why is Bitcoin going down? But mm. coin XYZ is up 300%. Like it doesn't make sense. And I think that's why, because it is it's co- it is coin XYZ. Exactly. It's not Bitcoin or no. Ethereum or one of the top ones. No. And that's, I think, just a hallmark of low caps just doing what low caps do best. They just go, right? So you can't really look for those or plan for those. But what you can plan on is waiting to see 
Bitcoin show a bit more confidence. So by confidence, you know, start to make a, a pivotal turn at probably where we're at now. So, I mean, whether or not we stay, I guess, down here in the sandpit for a little while, um, I think that's the million dollar question. Like, yep. are we going to spend another two months consolidating before we start tracking up again? Or, you know, we're going to see a more decisive sort of spring action and leap yep. back above. Like, uh, I think, you know, you know, looking at technicals levels too, like, you know, the high 53s, 54s, that's, you know, I guess what you consider the next resistance on a, on a higher time frame. So getting past those would be a pretty monumental step. And then obviously closing above and staying above that as well. I think, I think this is the key thing for me, like just having seen 2021 now play out, like we all expected pretty seismic moves and we did get that in the start of we did get them yeah we did (laughs) and i mean you look at assets like matic i think for the year to date it's up close to twelve thousand percent nuts yeah yeah so i mean it's easy just to get bogged down by what's happened now but i guess that just again just echoes the idea of you know regular profit taking dollar cost averaging like using strategies that are gonna i guess um you know make your life easier Mm. dca works yeah even better when the market's declining in my opinion. Yeah. You know, you do things like DCA into your projects that you've properly researched. Yep. Like that's that's what I do right now. You know, yep. got recurring orders, um, use the recurring orders to to get those those positions. Yeah. Um on a big dip day, like I mentioned before, <laughs> that's that's what I mean. Being a bit more aggressive on it. But also the likes of staking is really good as well in this that's weather, it. right? Because that's a game changer. you're kinda like, all right, I'm a long term holder. What am I going to do with this? So yes, it's going down, but mm. as you're earning staking awards, you're earning more staking awards yep. on your asset because of the value you're actually getting exactly. back. Exactly, right? I mean, it's, so. it's just math, right? You're dropping your yep. average buy price technically. Exactly, exactly yeah. right. Um, and those staking awards actually, you don't track it that closely. But those staking awards will actually also, like you talked about, medic. The staking awards will actually subsequently lower your buy price as well yep. right so you don't know what's happening essentially it's not been tracked but it's actually in the background it's kind of lowering your buy price which is cool right and um you know if you do have conviction if you know you go back to the day that you bought those those assets why did you buy them you know what was the reason did you buy them to flip them quickly mm. if you did maybe it wasn't the best strategy mm. but you know like we always talk about doing the research and getting that list of assets that you want to invest in yep. longer term getting those out, spending your hours on 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 researching them before you actually make that list. Mm. Um, and then it's just so easy, like, you know, you've got your list path, I've got my list. When the market dips like this, it's dollar cost average into those assets to um to do it. But um, you know, in terms of the market where it's sitting now, we're definitely at a bit of a teetering point, I guess. Yeah. Um, I definitely see it's um very emotional. I, yeah, I just I mean, people, some of my friends, and I'm sure you're asking, why, why is crypto declining? Yeah. Why is crypto crashing? I was like, it's not crashing. Last December, Bitcoin was 20 grand. Mm. Right now we're at just say around 50 grand. Yeah. And the sentiment is like all time lows. And a hundred percent. I mean, you've just nailed it on the head, right? Like it, it's so easy to have that recency bias, especially with a, a lot of the new entrants, I guess, new people coming into the crypto market recently. The, I guess may not have the luxury of knowing, uh, I guess, what that December period in 2020 felt like. And, um, yeah, even just understanding that that's where we were, right? Like it's only been 12 months. And like you said, we're putting up those new highs and holding steady uh, for now, at least. And, um, you know, we can only hope that it continues to at least hold at the levels that we're currently seeing, but, uh, but good catching up as always. And a uh, big thank you to all of our supporters out there that are liking and sharing our content. You know, we're loving putting this together and uh, it's, it's amazing to hear the, the very positive comments that we're receiving as well. So a uh, big thank you to everyone. Uh, we also just want to make everyone aware, big episode Tommy and I are excited for is next week, our sort of take on what 2022 could hold for crypto. 
So we're just going to sort of break down a few ideas there and sort of use more of a data and evidence-based approach as well. Um, so not just talk rubbish, hopefully, but I mean, can't promise that it won't be still rubbish to some people. Um, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I know we're, we're very much looking forward to that one. Uh, and yeah, the other thing we wanted to mention too is the SwiftX comp that's running at the moment, 12 days of Christmas, guys. So definitely jump on our website, check that one out. Uh, lots of prizes to be won uh, started already, but you haven't missed out. There's still plenty to be won. Lots of awesome prizes. Um, the big prize is a Tesla, which is drawn on Christmas Day, but uh, definitely go check it out. A couple of other key prizes I saw was a WebEQ. It'd be amazing this time of year, obviously, for a lot of people. Uh, sort of an Xbox there, AirPods, MacBook Pro. So a couple of pretty big tickets and uh, yeah, just all good fun really, guys. So once again, thank you all very much and hope to catch you again. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon. 